So we are starting a new series today, and I'll never forget a few weeks ago, um, the Lord just in a moment, uh, I, was, uh, I was at an event, and uh, I was just kind of watching this, um, this event, and the Lord just spoke to me. In that moment, said, all things new. All things new. I want to make all things new. And I remember I, I leaned over to Suzanne, my wife, and I said, I think, I think God just told me what we, needed, <laughs> what we need to focus on in the first part of January. All things new. And so just being obedient to the Lord and his calling, and I, I want us to focus in on how he makes all things new in our lives. Because let me tell you something, he is about creating things new. He's about making new things. Even right now, at this moment, there are new stars, new planets that are being formed right now. Do you realize that? There are new planets, new galaxies that are being formed. Now, we, we may not be able to see that, now, if you have the right, you know, telescopes and stuff, you might can have, you know, see some of that. But even far beyond what even the telescopes can see, you and I can know this, that God is creating things all the time. Why? Because that's what he does. He is a creator God. And, and space is his playground, and that is his canvas board. And that is how he creates and where he creates. But that's not the only place he creates. He creates new life here on earth. He creates new life with, with people being born and then also people being born again and giving their lives over to him. So over the next six weeks, starting today, we are going to go on a journey of how God makes all things new. Now, we will start this series with today's message, and today's message is simply called A New Thing. We just got through singing a new song that was actually introduced at Passion, and uh, the Passion Conference here in Atlanta. And in fact, um, Logan, worship leader, he, t uh, he let me know, he says, Dad, I think there's, a, um, there's a, a, a great song we should sing for our new series um, that you're preaching and it's called A New Thing. And I was like, you know what? It's interesting because that's the first sermon of this series, All Things New. A new thing. And so we want to um, just trust in the Lord and know that he wants to do a new thing. God is not satisfied with the status quo. We find throughout Scripture his, de his desire to do new things. And he wants you, the church, to play an active role in the new things that he wants to do. One of the places we find in Scripture about um, God doing a new thing is in the book of Isaiah. Now, if you have your copy of God's Word or your digital copy or whatever, we're going to have the words on the screen as well for those who are watching online. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 43. So if you want to turn to your passage of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 43, we're going to look at four verses, 16 through 19. Isaiah 43, 16 through 19. Isaiah was a prophet during a period in the history of Israel where things had gotten 
very much out of hand. Over and over, the people had rebelled against the will of God. They had worshiped foreign gods. Even in this holy temple, they brought in idolatry in this holy temple. They worshiped God, Jehovah God, but they also worshiped other gods. But because they refused to see God as the one true God, they had to go into timeout that lasted about 50 to 60 years. You see, God brought the Babylonians into the land, conquering Jerusalem and carrying away tens of thousands of Jews off to the north country of Babylon. In the middle of all this trouble, the Lord speaks through this prophet Isaiah about a new thing. And we're gonna read this new thing Isaiah 43, verse 16 through 19. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, exclamation point. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You see, for the, the first part of this passage, he's talking about how he drowned the Egyptian army in the Red Sea. And they were trapped between the Red Sea and the most powerful army in the world at the time. And only God could, could deliver them from this. So he literally made a way through the sea. And then he took care of their enemies. And so the Israelites... They always look back. Remember the good old days. Remember when God would do things like that. They were always looking in the rearview mirror at what God used to do. Boy, I wish God would do those things today. You ever look, you ever think about that? You ever think about, man, the good old days, right? The good old days. You know, when, and I know this isn't really a, a biblical thing, but I grew up in the 80s, and the 80s had amazing family shows. Like, I, I grew up watching just shows that were, that were really wholesome. And now, it's hard to find that on TV. And I just keep thinking back, remember the good old days? Remember we can go back and just, we, whatever was on TV, we didn't really have to fear that it was gonna be something evil or something that would stand against the word of God. And so even in churches, we, we tend to sort of look in the review mirror and say, look what God used to do. Can God do great things today? And there was a question mark. I'm telling you today, we've gotta remove that question mark and we've gotta stop looking at the rearview mirror and looking ahead for what God is doing. That's what God is saying right here. Stop looking in rearview mirror to the good old days. 
For us to experience the new things of God, we must look forward with anticipation. We also must be ready and willing for changes to take place in our lives. You see, this this prophecy was for those Israelites after that 50, 60-year period there in captivity God was making a way in the desert, in the wilderness from Babylon all the way back down to Jerusalem and was letting them know, look, I I am making a way for you to come back and rest in your country again. I'm making a way. I'm doing a new thing. But that requires change. You see, after 50 or 60 years the Jews were able to be successful. Even though they were in captivity, there were a few generations removed from captivity. And a new country, a new king came into power, conquered the Babylonians, and God put favor on his heart and said, you know, why don't y'all go back home? Here, you can go back home. Or you can stay here. And there were a lot of Jews who decided, you know, Babylon's really not that bad. I've set up my business here. I'm successful. What's in Jerusalem? Only my father and grandfather and my parents, they kind of remember that. But I I don't really know that. That would be a lot of change. For God to do something new in your life. It requires change. It requires change to happen. And that change could sometimes be planned and unplanned. A wedding, that's a change. A new baby, that's a change, whether planned or unplanned. Moving to a new school, a new neighborhood, Even things like going through a divorce, going on a new eating plan or exercise plan, and yes, even the death of a loved one. There are changes that happen in our life that are planned or unplanned, and change will move us from where we are to someplace different. However, change itself is not usually the problem. Change isn't the problem. It's the transition of change that potentially creates the problem. So hear me out today. For God to do a new thing in your life, there has to be a change. And we focus on the change, but we don't realize that there's actually a transition that is happening underneath the change. And most of the time, if not always, we sort of ignore the transition, or just let it happen on its own. And so today, I want to I talk about that transition. In his book called Managing Transitions, William Bridges explains these transitions. We often focus on the change that takes place and not the transition. They are both happening. William Bridges explains that there are three Phases of transitions. To navigate through this process of transition, a person, a company, an organization, 
a church must engage in this process. They have to be aware of it and walk through it in order for the change to be successful. So again, if God wants to do a new work in your life, if God is ready, uh, and he is, to do a, a, a new work in your life, then change has got to happen. And when change happens, there is a transition. And there's three phases of those transitions. Phase one is simply called letting go. It's letting go. And it's an ending. Letting go of the old. It's a time when you need to help yourself or people around you, your family, your business, your church, deal with the losses. When you have a change, you will experience loss. That's what stops all of us in our tracks because you know what? We don't like to experience loss. Even positive changes will bring loss. For instance, a young married couple who has a baby, that's joyful, that's a good thing, will experience the joy of this new child, but also the loss of quality time with just the two of them. With a house full of kids in our house, there are sometimes I just look at my wife, Suzanne, and just go, I can't wait. So they're all gone. And it's just you and me, baby. Just like it used to be. Just like it used to be. Now we do love our kids, absolutely. And yes, there's going to be days and years down the road, we're going to be like, man, remember when this house was full of joy and laughter and craziness? And we kind of want that back. And, but right now, we're just like, you know, there's, there's just some times when, you know, we just kind of want it to be us. Sometimes we'll just tell the kids, okay, don't burn the house down. Don't do anything that the cops will show up. We're going to leave the house. Good luck. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that same child born into that young family, graduating later, years later in high school, will be the reason to celebrate what will also bring loss as they fly away to a new life of their own. We have experienced that in our family. Many of you have as well. You, there will be loss, but yeah, it's a reason to celebrate. They made it. Yahoo. Yes, we're good. But there's also that, that sort of sense of loss. Our church is currently going through a change. We are at the beginning of this transition. As pastor, my job is to help navigate through this transition by the grace and wisdom of God. I believe God is telling us to not look at the rearview mirror, but look forward to the new thing he wants us to do. One of the, uh, one of our elders that have been, not, one of their gentlemen who've been nominated in the elders keeps telling me that. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. We're moving forward. We must move forward. And I've been praying for a way to communicate what has happened within our church. The best way I can describe it is with sort of this explanation is the Holy Spirit wants to do a new work here at Lake Point Church. And he is aligning the hearts of those set aside to accomplish 
that work. We will need to let go of some things as we move forward. My wife and I have been praying for about a year for the Holy Spirit to move in mighty ways. We just kept feeling like we were just doing, just doing church. But for the past year or more, we've been, we've been praying. And I'm going to be honest, it's, it's been even more of my wife than me. But we've both been praying for the Holy Spirit to have his way in our church and to do great things in our church. And so we really believe that Lake Point Church is on the edge of God doing a new thing. And I'm glad you're here to be a part of it, whether you're sitting here or watching online. I know there are people watching online that, you know, you're, you're not able to be here, whether work or you're sick or you just still want to be separated from people um, because of COVID things. There are people who are watching that don't even live here in Georgia. You just like to be part of our church. We feel like you're a part as well. We're, we're on this journey together. So the first phase of the change is letting go. If, when, God, when God wants to do a new thing in your life, you've got to learn to let go of something. Here's the second phase. There's three of them. Here's the second phase. The second phase of transition is called the neutral zone. The neutral zone. It's all, it could literally be called the twilight zone because that's how crazy it is. This is going through an, uh, an in-between time of when the old is gone, but the new is not fully here or operational yet. Okay? So the, you're letting go. It's gone. But then we're not fully operational yet. The new is not fully here. But you know what's coming. You, you see it on the horizon, but you're just not there yet. Just not there yet. It's kind of like driving through Kansas. And as you're driving through Kansas and you hit Colorado and you can see the mountains in the distance and you think, oh, we're almost there. No, you got another eight hours, bro. <laughs> and then we're there. So it's kind of like that. You, you know it's there, but it's just this neutral zone that really isn't fun. This neutral zone. The, uh, this is usually a crazy phase that we like to ignore, just quickly pass us by. You will experience the neutral zone when you, for example, when you relocate to a new neighborhood or, or a new state. When you Establish, you have to establish new neighbors, new places to shop, a new environment. There are things when you relocate that just, it's like, okay, where are things? Where's, first of all, where's the nearest Chick-fil-A? You know, so you like to try to, okay, where's that in proximity to, you know, the house, right? And then you, you got, okay, where's the nearest grocery store? You know, that kind of stuff. And, and then you got this whole thing of neighbors, like, Okay, I got to meet my neighbors. And so, but you still feel like you're, you're, you're by yourself, even though you're surrounded by neighbors. It's this sort of weird, neutral zone. Our, our family experienced a transition of this neutral zone between what we had to give up and a new look of our family. When we adopted three kids about 10 years ago, we, um, 
we were in this neutral zone. Because we had three kids from Ukraine all sitting looking at our three biological kids and no one can communicate. Because the three kids that we adopted, Lawson, Merritt, and Lincoln, they spoke Russian. And Logan, of the three biologicals, he, he, could, he could speak more Russian than anybody because he learned some of that, and he was able to communicate and, with a few things. But still, this, this sort of neutral zone is like, what do we do? It's weird. What do we do? How do we operate? How do we operate as a family? Trying to parent with half the kids not speaking English language definitely created a neutral zone of confusion and questions. When God wants to do a new thing in your life, you must acknowledge that the neutral zone exists. Those who come to new life in Christ, there's this neutral zone, and this neutral zone is so important to identify as a new believer, because if you don't identify and understand what's happening, then, then Satan can come and, and twist the truth into something that's not real. So when, when a new person comes to faith in Christ, there's this letting go, but there's this new life that's in the distance and they're kind of stuck in between. I know I need to be a new person in Christ, but what does that look like? What does it mean? And I know I've got to let go, but I'm still drawn to some of this. And so this neutral zone is so important. And this is when you need a church to come alongside you. One of the gentlemen in our, in our, in our church, who's fairly new to our church, uh, accepted Christ several months ago. and I just talked to him yesterday just to check on him, to see how he's doing. We're getting together next week. And, um, and he said he couldn't be here today, but he's going to be back next Sunday. And so we do that because when people get in this neutral zone, um, it's easy for things to get confused and questions to arise. And so just like there's neutral zones. Whenever God makes changes in our life, there could be changes here, even at Lake Point Church. The, um, it's easy to get frustrated when you're in the neutral zone. Now, our church has, I believe, just started this neutral zone phase, I and mean, we were just barely into it. We have questions. I have questions. <laughs> I have questions, but we're also trusting in the Lord. Right now, we're, we're voting on new elders. We have three men in our church who have been nominated multiple times, and those men are being voted on in our church starting today all the way through next Sunday. And those gentlemen, if approved, and it's just simple majority by our, our, our membership, if those men are approved, they will provide leadership for the new thing God wants to do in our church. For the first time in our church history, 
we are operating, we are, I'm sorry, we are not operating on a budget. Let me say that again. Our church is not operating on a budget right now. And that drives me crazy. It does. Because I like to have some, I'm a planner. I like to have a sense of like where things are going, you know, control. So really what we're doing now is just trying not to spend hardly any money. But then also encourage people to trust in the Lord and to give. And, and we never worry about money. God's going God's gonna to provide. This is his church. Lake Point Church, this was his idea. I tell God that all the time. God, this was your idea. This isn't my idea. This is your idea. And God just shakes his big head. And then, yeah, I will fund the church. You don't need to worry about that. But um, I, I, we want to be good stewards of God's funds and stuff. And so we got to operate on the budget. And the reason why we're not operating on a budget right now is because the elders have to approve of the budget. And right now, we're about to approve elders. And, and it's hard to operate on a budget when, when you have you don't have a clear picture of what that looks like as far as people giving. And, and it's just, I'm just to be honest with you, it's driving me crazy. But God settles me down every day when I pray this. He says, it's going to be okay. This is, God, God says, this is my church. This isn't your church. You're the shepherd, yes, but this is my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it, and, and, and I will fund the church. You don't need to worry about that. And so, but it creates this neutral zone, or I like to call it the twilight zone of, of just not sure what's going on financially, leadership. There are people stepping up in leadership right now. People right now stepping, who are serving in our preschool and our kids are like, hey, sign me up, I'll serve. Sign me up, I'm here. We had guys show up this morning at 8.15 and they said, hey, I'm here. I'm here to help. I'm here to set up chairs. We had someone new getting ready to, to serve the coffee, did all that. We trained them. Hey, I just want to help. And, and there are several people who, who have said, hey, I want to help, and, and we're, just be patient with this. We're, we're getting you plugged in. But there are empty holes and pockets of leadership and serving opportunities, yes. And we're getting people plugged into that. And it's so refreshing to see that. And we're so blessed to know that you are stepping up for that. But we're still in this neutral zone. And it's so easy to get frustrated. I'm telling you as a pastor, we are in the neutral zone, the very, very beginning of this neutral zone. We, we're having to let go, not look in the past. We're moving forward. We're just now entering this neutral zone. And I'm letting you know as your pastor, we're here. This is what it looks like. We're not going to get frustrated. No one's freaking out. Okay, I'm not freaking out. And so we will do this together by the grace of God. We will do this together by the grace of God. So 
this new thing will become clearer as new leaders step up across our church and we give according to how God is calling us to give. This new thing that God wants to do, I can't totally pinpoint it. And for those who missed last week, you need to go back and watch last week's sermon because I talked about the vision frame. The vision frame. That frame is, is, is our job, but what's inside of that frame is, is the vision of the church. That's God's job. And so we're trying to figure out what's inside that frame, and that's, that's God doing, and so that's the new thing he wants to do in the life of our church. But I also believe that God wants to do a new thing in your life, and if that new thing, whatever that new thing is, that involves letting go, and it also involves going through the neutral zone, and then finally, the third and final phase of transition is called a new beginning, a new beginning. This is when people develop new identities. This is when people develop new identities. For example, a newly married couple will realize that they're not single anymore, and they should not act like they're single, right? Or they should get, you know, give away old habits, you know, or they should not go back to mom and dad. Our daughter Madison and her husband Michael been married back in April, and when Madison starts freaking out about something, I say, Michael, good luck with that, bro. That's yours. I hands off, you know? I'm just window shopping. That's all I'm doing. I'm not in the store. <laughs> You're in the store. I'll pray for you. But Madison doesn't come back to me. Now, she calls my wife probably every day and just talks and that kind of stuff, yes. But, but when big problems arise, mom and dad, no. You, you go to your husband. You go to your husband. And so a married couple, and so there's a new identity that takes place. Even though Madison has yet to totally embrace that new identity because she's still yet to change her name on her driver's license. But we're working on that, her and Michael. Now, to, you know, uh, to her credit, they are about to move to North Carolina and she's kind of waiting on having to get a new license anyway. They're about to move to North Carolina and start um, uh, seminary full-time at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary and working on their Masters of Divinity program, um, both of them together full-time. So we're really, really happy about that. But still, it's kind of fun to poke fun at, you know, at that. But there's a new identity that takes place with a married couple. And that new identity is part of the new beginning. Or for instance, someone starting a new job will realize what their new role will be and the skills they will use. The skills they will use. Right now, Lawson, one of our sons, is in Pensacola, Florida. He's in the Marines. He's just been, that's a recent assignment, and he is in training uh, to be an um, aviation technician. And so he's, he's starting to realize, okay, what's my role? What do I do? That kind of stuff. And so his new identity 
as, 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 a, as a Marine, and he's obviously been through boot camp and that kind of stuff, but, but his new identity with his job there in the Marines is, is taking shape. There's a new beginning that happens. In this new beginning phase, we experience new energy, discover a new sense of purpose, which helps to make the change work. Because transition is a process whereby people unplug from the old and plug into the new, we can say that transitions start with an ending and end with a new beginning. Transitions start with an ending. Something's got to end. You're letting go of something. But then they end with a new beginning. Transitions start with an ending and end with a new beginning. Before you can begin something new, you have to end what used to be. Before learning something new, you have to unlearn the old way. Before you become a new person, you must let go of your old identity. Before a new beginning can happen, an ending must take place. The problem is people don't like endings. We don't like endings because we're used to where we are now. I was, during my quiet time this week, or it might have been last week, um, I was encouraged to look at four, uh, Isaiah 43, 19 a little bit closer. So, to look at it closer, you, I, I do multiple things. I spend time in prayer. I meditate on it uh, for a few days. I look at commentaries. I look at uh, different translations and that sort of stuff. But I just felt like 19 was really where we were zoning in on. And um, I'm going to share something that I think is really cool about verse 19. One of, the, one of the translations that I, I really like to go to, because it's really a simple translation, it's the ERV translation, so it means easy to read version. It doesn't mean that the words are bigger. <laughs> of course, I need that too, in my old age. But easy to read version is something that it just, it simplifies um, the Word of God. Uh, if you have a, a, a Bible app, you can actually look on that and look at the ERV. Sometimes I I, I, I go to that with certain things, but this is what I love. And the first part of, of 4319, now, these won't be on the screen, but I just want you to listen to this. Just the first part of verse 19 of chapter 43, it says this, because I am doing something new, now you will grow like a new plant. Surely you know this is true. Lake Point Church is a church plant. Just like, just like um, the Bridge City Church in New Harling. We just prayed for it early in our service. Their first Sundays today, they're a new plant. Lake Point Church is a church plant. We planted here in Emerson. We will celebrate nine years this coming February. And by the grace of God, we're still here. But I love what this, what this says. Because I am doing something new, Lake Point Church. 
Now you will grow like a new plant. Surely you know this is true. Do you know that to be true? Now you will grow like a new plant. Do I believe God wants to do something new? Do I believe God wants to do a new thing at Lake Point Church? Yes and amen. Yes, he is doing that. Change is happening, that's for sure. We need to keep looking forward. We need to trust in God during this neutral zone. And we need to keep our spiritual eyes and ears open to see and hear what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us for the name of Jesus. So let's bring this home back home to us as we kind of get ready to close out this. Let me just want you to continue to stay focused. You're watching online, stay focused. When God wants to do a new thing in your life, your transition will look a lot like what I just described. You'll have to let go of something. There's going to be a kind of a messy neutral zone of questions, concerns, a little bit of confusion. But then there's going to be a new beginning. And so it's important that when change comes, and, and change will come in your life, multiple times in your life, don't neglect, don't ignore the transition. Because most people do. Most of us do. Oh, change, yeah, we're, we have a change. New job change. You know, change is happening in our family. Change is happening in our church, in our community. But there is an underlying transition that is happening also, and we must acknowledge that. And, we, and, and be, when we acknowledge that, it removes, helps, with, helps us to remove some of the frustrations. Because frustrations then cause, can cause resentment when change happens. And for those who, who feel like you need to have a, a, a new life in Christ, when you feel like, you know, I, I'm, I've been doing something in my life, I've been living life all on my own, I've been trying to understand things all on my own, I've been guiding my own ship, and I feel like now is a time where God is speaking to my heart, and I need to cross that line of faith. In order for new, a new thing to come into your life, for new life to spring with inside of you, you need to let go of something. You need to let go of the old ways. You need to let go of some of your friends. You need to let go of some of the places you visit. You need to let go of some of the habits. That right there is, is one of the first steps in realizing, you know, Lord, I need to let this go. And then enter into this neutral zone where the church comes alongside you. And then that new life springs up within, within you. But 
But letting go involves that first phase, that first transition. It involves you letting go of some things, but it also involves you releasing your sin and confessing that sin to Jesus Christ. So every head bowed, every eye closed as we, as we close out the service. There, there could be multiple people here watching online who you're experiencing, maybe you're on the, the beginning of a, of a change in your life. You feel it, it's coming, or you're at the beginning, or you're maybe even the middle, and, and, and you're trying to understand what's happening. Just like I'm, as a pastor of this church, I'm trying to figure out what's happening. And so, if that is you, just in this moment, just tell God, God, I trust you. I may not have everything figured out, but I trust you. And help me to let go. Help me to let go of some things in my life that I know I need to let go. And help me to trust in you in this middle sort of neutral zone as you bring new life into my heart. And new life in an area, whether it be your health, your finances, your job, your relationships, your marriage, whatever it is. That new, that something new, that new thing that God wants to do Just let him know, I'm letting go, and I'm trusting in you. And for those who have never accepted Christ, and you've never let go of the sin in your life, now's the time to do that. You can simply say, Lord Jesus, I trust in you. I confess my sin to you. I ask you to come be Lord of my life. Bring new life into me. That is you, and you pray that simple prayer, something like that. I would love to know about it. I would love for you to let us know. And if, you, and if you're in the middle of a transition in your life or in a change in your life, we would love to know about it so we can come alongside you and pray with you and counsel with you. So... If that is you, let us know. Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you, Father, for the opportunity we have to open up your word and to be excited and be encouraged that you want to do a new thing in our life. We know, Father, it's obvious you're doing a new thing in our church. And as we are, as a church, are in this neutral zone, Lord, we're going to trust in you. Even though we don't have things figured out, we have questions, yes, but we know and trust the one who has the answers. And so, Father, we trust in you. Help us, Lord, to accept that new life. And help us, Lord, to accept that new thing you're doing in our church and in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you made an important decision, whether you're here live or you're watching online or watching later, I'd love to know about it. So you can send an email to pastor at lakepointonline.com or you can send it to frank at lakepointonline.com. It all comes to the same place. And uh, just let me know. And uh, if you ever have some prayer requests, you can let me know there as well. Uh, I do want to um, 
remind you again, be praying uh, this week for our potential elders. Again, you can go to lakepointonline.com forward slash elders to vote. You can email those guys, call those guys. You can call me, email me. What other questions you may have, uh, we would love to be able to answer those. But you have between now and next Sunday uh, to, uh, to get that in. And uh, if you are interested in, in joining our church so you can uh, be a part of that vote, let me know, and we can actually fit that in uh, this week. And, um, but you don't want to miss next week as we continue in this series, All Things New. And I pray that God does all things new in your life. Love you guys. We'll see you all next week. Thank you.